Well, good morning. I heard a word this mor- this week, not this morning. <laughs> um, I've, I haven't had enough coffee this morning, apparently. I heard a word this week um, about President Trump, and no matter your feelings on the matter, um, he has been receiving so much prayer. And what I heard this week was that from, from the Pentagon and the White House, the goal of this sitting president is to bring the kingdom back to the United States. I heard that from a source that um, his name is David Hogan, and he was asked to come to the Pentagon and pray over the president. Isn't that powerful? We are living in a really, really special time. And God is doing some really cool things. And if God can save a girl like me, he can save a president like Trump, right? So we need to pray for our president because his decisions affect our lives, our children's lives, our grandchildren's lives. And I think it's powerful. What we're about to do this morning, what we're about to dig into, has a lot to do with us taking action on our own part and not just relying on the government or, you know, whatever we could say, but that we are obedient to the word of God and we're obedient to why Jesus died on the cross and we stand for those who are hurting and we stand for those in need. And by stand, I mean we give, we pray, we care. And today is Stand Sunday. If you weren't here a year ago, we did Stand Sunday one year ago to, well, not today, but one year ago. It is the second Sunday in November always, actually. But we had our first annual Stand Sunday And it is, I'm going to read you the story about Stand Sunday, but it is a day that has been called since 2004, Orphan Sunday or Stand Sunday, to raise awareness of the foster care, adoption, and orphan crisis in the United States and around the world. And I am honored this morning that I have several people here who are fighting, who are the boots on the ground, who are being obedient. We have a brother from Uganda here with us this morning who runs an orphanage. God literally brought the world here today. It's super powerful. Are you guys ready? Are you excited to hear all about this? So the scripture that I chose for today was, Learn what it means to do what is good by seeking righteousness and justice. Rescue the oppressed. Uphold the rights of the fatherless. And defend the widow's cause. Isaiah 1-7. What is good in the eyes of God? What is pure religion? Upholding the rights of the fatherless, defending the widow's cause. Last night, more than half of America's children went to bed without saying goodnight to their biological father. Did you hear that? Half, more than half of America's children. Every year, more than 600,000 children are in America's foster care system. On September 30th, 2016, so this is a few years ago, there were 117,794 children waiting to be adopted, and that number continues to grow. Ohio has over 15,500 children in the foster care system. And that number, I'm sure, is going to be different because I think these numbers are from a couple of years ago. And I think we have some fresh numbers that we're going to be hearing today. Between 2016 and 2017, Ohio has seen a 23% increase in children being put into foster care due to the opioid crisis. 
23% increase. That's huge. There's nothing like presenting the problem. <laughs> That's heavy, isn't it? Those are just a few numbers. And I, I told all the, 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 the folks that were sharing today, I said, I don't want to just get up and present the problem. I don't want to just get up and say, here's the problem that we're dealing with in America today. Because we all know this problem exists. We all know that the enemy is after the family. We all know that his goal is to destroy the father in the family and the mother in the family and to break families apart. That's his goal. What's our goal? What is our goal as the body of Christ? What is our part to play? We all have a part to play. Every single person in this room has a part to play in bringing victory in this situation. If it's mothering your own children with everything that you have, play that part with everything that God has given you. If it is being a grandparent to your grandchildren and helping them with their children, God bless you and thank you so much because we couldn't do what we do as parents without you. There's so many things that we can do as the body of Christ to stand. I'm not here to just burden you with a problem or to make you feel sad, although I'm probably going to cry a lot today because that's just my heart. That's my, my passion is to see every child in a home and to see babies taken care of and to see children loved and teenagers loved. And, and even those that age out of the foster care system, there's, there's an issue there, too, that they need mentors. They need people to step beside them and say, we love you, and you've got this. They need family. Today is a day of solution. That is why I've asked to have some beautiful guests from our community and from around the world speak to you today. Every one of us can do something. So today, I am going to invite Leanna to come up with me. You can welcome her. And Leanna is an um, advocate, a runner of something called Fostering Love, and I'm going to butcher it, so I'm going to let you tell them all about it. But she is from here. You can tell them a little bit about yourself, and uh, she's going to share with you about Fostering Love, something that is happening here in Tuscarawas County, something that is a solution. So, Leanna. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Leanna Katasik. I am from this area. Uh, my husband is Aaron Katasik. Um, we have two children, and we are in the process of getting our foster license, so we will be licensed, like, right before Thanksgiving or right after, depending on paperwork, so lots of paperwork. Um, I am leading um, Fostering Love, which is brand new to our county. Uh, it was born out of Columbus, and um, yesterday we had our first training. Next weekend is our launch event, and we will be official in the county. Um, Fostering Love's mission is to foster love, to foster care. Our vision is every child seen, every family known, and every agency loved. And that's across the board, across the nation. Um, so as she was saying some of, the, some of the statistics, every child seen for us, um, specifically for this county. So Tuscross County has 72 children in care right now. We've had 30 adoptions this year alone. There are 21 children in permanent custody, which means parents have lost all rights. They are in custody of the county, and they will need adopted. Um, 
we have an 86% rate of reunification with families, which is really high. This is not reflective of the nation. Our county is doing an incredible job to get these kids back home. Um, and it's a group effort. I mean, talking about the opioid crisis and everything, we have many, many, many organizations working to keep families together. Um, every family known, um, well, I guess one way that, a couple of ways that fostering love, um, we make sure that every child is seen. We do things like one-on-one um, -on -one time during respite, um, just to make sure that we're doing things one-on-one -on -one individually with these kids that they love, letting them know that they are loved, that we see them, that they are worthy of love. Every child is worthy of love, and they deserve their basic needs to be met. I, we, <laughs> that's what we try to do. Um, we provide clothing, um, and hopefully we'll start a mentorship program down the road. Um, there's a lot of things in the works. We are very brand new, so we don't have all the answers yet. We're um, just one step at a time. Doing something is better than nothing. Um, every family known, so 40% of foster families will quit in the first year because of lack of personal support, lack of resources, or knowledge of resources. So we will provide parents' night out, we'll provide meals, babysitting. Half of Tuscarawas County's foster families are actually Amish, so um, we will hopefully be able to provide um, drivers for them because there are a lot of, there's a lot of traveling with visits, doctors, doctor's visits, therapies, all of that sort of thing. And then every agency loved. Um, all agencies across the board have full caseloads. It's a very high-stress job. Um, there's a lot of turnover rate with caseworkers. So um, there's a severe lack of advocacy for caseworkers. So basically what's happening is the state's like, do your job, good luck. And they're like, hmm, it's really overwhelming. So we're here basically to link arms with agencies and say, how can we do this together? Let's do this together. We can do more together. Um, if you guys want to know more about Fostering Love and how you could partner with us specifically, I'll be out there after. Please come talk to me. If you want to make meals, if you want to give money, if you could babysit an hour a week, if you could drive families, there are all sorts of ways that you can provide um, help for foster families and foster children, even if you don't want to foster. Not everyone is called to foster, but... We can all do something. Um, and then Heather was supposed to be here from Encourage Foster Care. Um, it is a Christian organization. It used to be called Children's uh, Christian Children's Home of Ohio. Um, she got sick, so she couldn't be here. So basically, I'm just going to let you know, we are actually going through them to get our foster license. And after I read the mission statement to you, it might help you understand why. So their mission statement is to connect foster and adoptive families with strong support systems that equip them with physical, emotional, and logistical help they need. So everything that I just said about foster families quitting, 40% of them will quit in the first year, it's because they don't have support. Um, because agencies are so overwhelmed and overloaded with um, the kids' needs, no one's taking care of the family's needs. So Encourage, actually, because they are a private agency, actually focuses on the foster families, providing them the support that they need. Um, and it's, it's just incredible. Um, and they are very intentional with providing encouragement so that every foster parent and youth is successful in the purpose to which God is calling them.
So um, they are actually having trainings coming, coming up. I will have information about that. If you're interested in the trainings or even knowing more about them, I can give you all that information. So, Leanna, I just want to ask you, how did you, as a family, decide to become foster parents? Forgot that part. Sorry. <laughs> um, my, ever since I was a very young girl, I knew I wanted to adopt. Um, I don't know why. I just did. And um, my husband and I, our whole lives, both have been advocates for the underdogs. Um, we love working with special needs kids. Um, my husband's brother has special needs, so it's just been something on our heart for basically our entire lives. Um, and like I said, every we just believe that every child, every person, every human is worthy of love, no matter how much trauma they carry or God loves them. And if we don't tell them, who will? Like, we can't just stand around waiting for someone else to do it. So we just decided this is really huge and it feels overwhelming for us, but if we take one step at a time, we know that God will provide and he'll lead us. So good. Thank you so much. I accidentally met Leanna through a friend who gave me a card earlier this year, and it's just cool how God brings people together because Sometimes we feel like we have to recreate something to, to make something happen or to answer a problem, but I, I believe there are so many things already happening in our county that we as Lifeway can partner with and say, yes, we're for you. We're cheering you on. What can we do? How can we give? How can we go? And Liana is somebody that you can ask questions. She is here today for that reason, and I've been asking her questions and picking her brain, and I'm just so excited to have some resources here. So she has a table set up and would love to talk to you afterwards. I just want to weave scripture in through our interviews today. Deuteronomy 10, 18, he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. Psalm 68, 5 through 6, to the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. To the lonely, he makes them part of a family. To the prisoners, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God in his holy place. But for the rebels, there is heartache and despair. I love that passage. He's a father to the fatherless, defender of the weak, champion friend to the widow. I love that. That is who our God is. And I also love the one part that says he makes them part of a family. We, when you come into these doors, you step into a family, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you have come into the family of God. Amen? So, you know, you may not feel like you have something to offer, but you have all of us to offer. And you have the love of the Father to offer. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? The next um, person I'm going to invite up, uh, Sherry, come on up. She is with Birthright, but she's our very own Sherry Svoboda, so you can welcome her. And I don't want to steal any of your words, but last year during Stand Sunday, can you tell people, does that, is that part of what you're going to talk about? Okay, I will let you do that then. Sherry is going to talk about Birthright, and it is an organization here in New Philadelphia, right here in our town. Last year, I said out loud, I wish we had something to help pregnant moms. And they came to me later that week and they said, we do. 
And I was like, well, tell me, what is it? And where is it? And how can we help? And they, I'll let you, I'll let you finish. <laughs> Here you go, Sherry. Okay. Good morning. And she said, most of you guys probably know me um, because we go here. Um, my name's Sherry. My husband, Jim, and I started volunteering for Birthright a year ago because Leslie gave the sermon and was talking about all the places that God could use us. And she kept saying, pregnancy centers need you. And, and when we left here, Jim says, what did you get from that sermon? And I said, um, we need to call Birthright about volunteering tomorrow. So uh, we had gotten a card from them at the fair probably two years before, and it was one of those things. It was clipped to the refrigerator for two years, and it was always, well, when we get back from vacation, or, well, it's summer, we're busy now. And, but that Sunday, the Holy Spirit said, it's time. And both of us got the same message, so Monday morning we called, and by Monday afternoon, we were being oriented to birthright. <laughs> so it's right in New Philadelphia, uh, right kind of on the border of Dover, New Philadelphia, off Tuscarawas Avenue. Um, it's a nonprofit um, agency. It's all run by volunteers. Um, all of our services are free and confidential. Anybody that comes in, it is confidential. We keep their privacy. Uh, we offer love, hope, and support to anybody that comes to us. Um, I think I'm going to put my readers on here so I can see what I've written down here. <laughs> so um, if a woman comes in for a pregnancy test, we do free pregnancy tests for them. Um, we always keep two volunteers at all times when we're open because if someone comes in for a pregnancy test, and it's positive, we have a room where we go, we sit down, we close the door, we talk with them, we ask them how they feel about this. Um, some people are very excited, uh, some are very upset. Um, we talk to them and let them know that we're there to help them, we're there to support them, we're not going to judge them. Um, we s set them up with agencies all throughout the county we work with Job and Family Services. We make sure they have health insurance. Um, if they need it, we get them set up with WIC to, for nutrition and food. Uh, we have agencies that do job training. If it's a young person and they say, how am I gonna support a baby? We can get you job training that actually pays them while they are training. So we try to let them know that whatever their need is, there's somebody there that can help them, and we're there for them. Even if they just want to call and talk to us, if they're having a bad day and just need someone to talk to, we're there. Uh, we have a 24-hour hotline, so somebody 2 in the morning needs to talk to somebody or needs to know about birthright. Uh, there is a real person on the hotline that will sit and talk with them, and then they will give them our local number, but they also send us an email and we personally, as soon as we get there, like Jim and I, he checks the emails, gives me a slip of paper. This person called the hotline. I immediately get on the phone and call them, talk to them, see what they need, let them know what our hours are, that they can come in. So we, um, you know, try to be immediately in contact with them. Um, if we talk to them and they're leading toward adoption, they say, I, I want to continue my pregnancy, but I this is not the time for me to have a baby. We have a couple adoption agencies that we refer them to. 
um, while they're pregnant, they can come in every month and receive free maternity clothes. Um, they can get up to five items every month in maternity clothes, and then as they grow, they come in and get more. Um, after their babies are born, they can, we give them a large gift bag with all brand new stuff for their baby, but they also can come in every month and get free baby clothes, diapers, and wipes. So as the baby's growing, they're provided with clothing. So it's a big expense to go out and try to clothe a growing baby. So we, we try to help in that, in that aspect. Um, they do not have to have gone through their pregnancy with us to, research, to receive the free clothing and the diapers and so on. They can come after the baby's been born. Some people hadn't heard from us, heard about us. Um, they've got babies that are, you know, six, eight months old, year old is the first time they're coming. If they come for their new baby, but they also have other children that are under three, we'll provide clothing and diapers for them too. Um, so we try any way we can to be supportive to them. Um, see if there's anything I missed here. Um, but like um, we said a year ago, Leslie gave that sermon and it really spoke to us. Um, we went in, uh, started orientation. We need volunteers all the time. Actually, when Jim and I were done being oriented to it, they actually opened up a new slot of hours on Wednesday mornings. They didn't have anybody there on Wednesday mornings. And we only have Wednesday evenings that someone's there. So it would be nice to have more evening hours that people can come in and, and receive services. So anybody that's interested in volunteering will be out there also. You can talk to us. Um, they give you 20 hours of orientation. We don't just throw anybody into this right away. We make sure that you understand you know, what our goals are, what we want to represent, and um, how to sit down and talk to someone about their pregnancy. Um, also, all of everything that we hand out, all our, except for the new bag that they get at, when the baby's newborn, everything is through donations. All the diapers we give out, all the wipes we give out. Uh, the new gift bag with the newborn has baby lotion and baby bath and all these things that you need to start out with a new baby. It's all donated. Uh, we take monetary, monetary donations also, so if there is something that we need that hasn't been donated, we will go out and purchase it. But we are totally run by volunteers, totally supported by donations, and um, we've had some really amazing stories of moms that have left and said, I think I can't do this. My boyfriend or my husband is pressuring me to have an abortion. We have a prayer chain immediately as soon as they leave. A text is sent out to all the volunteers and we all immediately start praying. And we had one a couple months ago. She came back the next week for maternity clothes. So it really is doing a service. So, so thank you and we will be out if you are interested in talking to us about anything. Thank you, Sherry. The back of her shirt says, it is the right of every pregnant woman to give birth and the right of every child to be born. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so good. The baby's lives are being saved.
And something that's happened over the last year is that, you know, states have made laws to nix abortion at a certain stage. And praise God for that. Praise God for that. Praise God that we are taking a stand in, in giving a voice to those that don't have one. Sorry, I get really emotional about this. James 1.27, true spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father, God, is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans and widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Deep breath. It is so neat that when you are obedient, what flows out of your obedience. And last year we knew we needed to do Stand Sunday and what flowed out of that so much more, but just their story of God had been speaking to them and that they they decided to follow through. And now they have so many things that have just blessed their hearts and their lives to see these moms and these children whole. And it's not even the goal of... we. It's not the goal of getting these babies from these moms or out of these homes. We want to see families whole and restored. We want to see people healthy. That is the goal. That is the goal. Okay, changing gears a little bit, and we're going international. Are you ready to take a trip? We are going to Africa just now. We, I'm going to invite our brother Joseph. He's going to come on up. And we are going to be hearing from this beautiful guy. He is from Uganda. And his ministry and how he came to Lifeway um, on Wednesday night, he was here. But Stephanie, can you just stand up and wave? This is Steph. She's been coming to Lifeway for almost a year now or so, off and on at the beginning of the year. But she and Joseph knew each other, and she kept saying, Leslie, he's got to come to Lifeway. You've got to hear from him. You've got to see what he's doing. You've got to know who this guy is. And so I am so honored, so honored to have you here today to share about Agape Uganda. Can you tell us all about it? Cool? All right. Um, I thank God for the opportunity to stand before you. I'm called Joseph Robert Serrada from Uganda. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to share a small, small about Uganda. Uganda is, is, um, is, located from, is located within East Africa. We border with Kenya in the east, and we border with... Um, Uganda, uh, you, uh, north with Southern Sudan, the new nation, west Congo, down south with the Rwanda and Tanzania. So we are the smallest country in the East Africa. Um, most of you might know River Nile. River Nile starts from Uganda. So the population of Uganda is around 44 million people, but it's smaller than the state of Colorado. Why? Children are begetting children. In the past, World Health Organization, about 25 years ago, made a statement that Uganda would be no more because of how HIV was eating our people. 
So the life expectancy in Uganda is 45 to men to 50 women. Uganda has 44 million people, but uh, all about its population, 67.5% are 20 years and below. So we are one of the youngest population in the world. We have the biggest, youngest population as a country in the world. So you may ask, what happened? Why are you doing what you're doing? It's because I want to be the feet and the hand of Jesus to my community. Good enough, Pastor Resley put me on a good scripture which says, Matthew 25. Matthew 25 speaks of the story. Jesus himself was giving us all these stories from a big, uh, from a tyrant, five tyrants to, to the ten virgins. And again, around 31, verse 31, he talks about that the world, then the Son of Man will come in glory. Nation and people will gather together. He wasn't meaning all other people, but he was meaning like such a time like this. Nation and people will gather together. Uganda and America will gather together. And they will do what? They will pound on these things like, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was helpless, depressed, in, a, in, in, in jail of sin, jail of depression, you came and visited me and you counseled me. When I was thirsty, nation coming together, you and me and other nations, Brazil, Costa Rica, all, and you would ask Jesus, where did we meet you? He said, Whatever you did for the least of these, you did it for me. So we, we are trying to feed these children. Kampala alone gets 40 cases of abandoned children every day. And these are babies. When police get such cases, he calls us, and we go out and we pick these kids. These kids don't have good, healthy background. Some of them are about to die. Some of them have been abused, have been burnt. Some of them have been left out. In America, when you lose your pet, you put up a, a, a signpost that I've lost my pet, there is a big reward. In Uganda, children are being thrown in trash cans. Children are being thrown on the roadside. In such a gathering like this place, you will find at the end of the day, there is a child left in a in, in restroom, and someone has walked away, left a paper that, I would love to be with you, but I can't because of different situations. But any helper would help me to take care of this child. God bless you. So we have all these children coming from our community, 
We take care of them, we feed them, we, we treat them. Some children come or we rescue them when they are very, 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 very sick. One time we got a child. His name is Mokisa. He had a tummy, probably you've seen in a video. He had a tummy. It had a, a kind of fistula because he had cut off his tummy and he was breathing. He was malnourished. He couldn't eat. He couldn't stand. The police people told me, will you be able to take care of this sick child? Hopefully he won't die on the way. We took care of him. Every day he could breathe, pass out of his tummy, about two liters, and in pain. We used whatever we could use on other stuff to treat this boy, and we ended up winning the battle. The boy is okay, he's standing, and he's already in school. We have 35 children. We have 35 children, babies. Someone gives birth to a baby in a hospital and walks up. And the police has no any social care that could help and stay with that child. They will call us and say, hey, Agape, could you please come? Do you have any space? And we don't have anywhere we look to unless with God. And God uses people like you and me to run this journey. So if you want to partner with us, we have our website. It's agapeuganda.org. We welcome monthly supporters. We welcome people who would love to come and visit us, who would want to bring mission trips to Uganda. We want to help children. We want to help more children because that's a cause. If we don't do it, someone else will do it, and they will do it for their cause, but we are doing it for the kingdom. If we sheep, we can't do it. The goats will do it. Jesus said he will separate the sheep from the goats or from, from goats from the sheep. So if we, the sheep, the, the believer who hear his voice, can't do it, other people will do it. We have already some crafts, spoons. Please come and support us. Feed a child. Thank you for this opportunity, and may God richly bless you. Joseph, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you here. Everyone can do something. He has some really beautiful spoons out there that I already saved for two sets for myself, <laughs> um, but that he is uh, selling to get money 
to feed the children, to provide for the children, to keep the orphanage. They, they call it a child care center. They don't use the word orphanage anymore in Uganda to keep the child care center open. And um, he would love to talk to you, to tell you more about what he does. Amazing, amazing, amazing hands and feet of Jesus. He and his wife personally have lots of kids. When I said I had four, he's like, that's a lot. And I'm like, not compared to you. (laughs) 35 babies, 35 children in one place. And the need is so great. And we have such an opportunity. And this is, this is the cool thing, that it's not about, like, asking for money from you. It's not about, like, that. It's about, like, when we give, when we pour out our hearts, when we love, when we open the doors to Joseph from Uganda, when we open the doors to fostering love, we're storing up treasures in heaven. We're, we're laying foundations in the, of heaven in the kingdom. We're storing up. So every time you give, you're, you're, there's reward, that's not why we do it. We do it because it's the heart of God in us, right? Because it's the love of God in us, because we are like them without him. So, so, so powerful. Joseph, thank you so much. That was so good. I feel like I just drop the mic and walk off the stage. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just have um, a couple more things, and we're still good on time here. The history of Stand Sunday. Stand Sunday, Christians stand for the children and families in foster care. And I want to add children all around the world. We're not just standing for here. We're standing for children all around the world. When Bishop Aaron Blake, a pastor and foster adoptive father, left his breakfast table for church on the second Sunday in November of 2004, he had a sermon prepared. And it wasn't about foster care. I had prepared a sermon to preach that morning that I had worked all week on. I stood up to bring the message when the, bre- when the breakfast table image of our boys came back to my mind. The faces of our sons seemed to multiply in my emotions as I recalled the images from the breakfast table earlier. I knew then that God was prompting our church to answer the call to care for children and broken families. Without explanation, Bishop Blake said to his congregation, brothers and sisters, there are 30,000 children in foster care system in Texas and nearly half a million in the United States. He then asked this one simple question, and he wasn't expecting a verbal answer. Who will stand with me to defend, care, and support abused, abandoned, and neglected children in our community? After a brief moment of silence, one lady in the back of the church stood up And simply replied, Pastor, I will. Like a tiny smoldering ember dropped in a pile of thirsty pine needles, her voice began to multiply. To his amazement, Bishop Blake watched as one family after another stood up and joined their voices to hers. As a result that day, this church and the surrounding communities has cared for and adopted hundreds of children in foster care over the last 12 years. In fact, their county actually has more than enough foster families to meet their need. There's no kids not in a home in that community. Each year since 2004, the church has celebrated the second Sunday in November. This past year, these two efforts merged, Orphan Sunday for the purpose of inviting the church to care for orphans worldwide and stand for the purpose of calling the church to stand for children and families in the United States foster care system. Will you stand with me today? Will you stand? It's simple. It's easy. 
Angel. <laughs> this is Angel Peddington, and she is amazing. And the couple gals that you saw on the screen, one of them is a friend of mine too, but they both are friends of hers. And uh, both of them, I believe, uh, started fostering because of you. So get to know Angel and you'll start being a foster parent. <laughs> but she is amazing and they have had a lot of children. They've adopted, they've fostered, and they have experience. If you have any questions, she's an amazing resource. She runs our food pantry on Thursdays. She brings justice to T County every Thursday. And uh, she is just a powerful woman of God. So she's going to share a couple of things about Tuscarawas County with you. First, I want to start out with something um, that happened this week in Ohio. Um, uh, Governor Mike DeWine signed an executive order to establish a, an advisory council um, to come up with suggestions from foster parents to um, make foster, fostering better for the families. Um, seven, seven meetings will be held throughout the state to hear from foster families and hear um, problems and possible solutions. So that's huge. Um, a lot of foster families, um, like they said, get out, get burned out, get leave early. Um, so this just gives the foster families a voice. Um, Mike DeWine said, kids have one opportunity to grow up, one opportunity. We have to do everything we can to make sure that they have that childhood. Um, most of us know that religious freedom has been under attack the last couple years. What most of us don't know is that in the final weeks of the Obama administration's uh, rules were introduced that included sexual orientation as a protected trait under the anti-discrimination regulations. This move uh, put faith-based adoption agencies in a situation to choose between um, placing children with same-sex couples or losing their government funding. Um, a week ago Friday, the Trump administration moved to repeal that, that ban. Um, simply put, no adoption or foster agency will now be penalized simply because they believe children have a mom and dad. So that's huge. Um, sorry. I could stand up here and I could tell you that Tuscross County has 28 foster homes and they need homes for sibling groups and for families that will take older children. I could tell you that 75 to 80% of the kids are reunified with their families. I could tell you that Tuscross County's numbers are down with kids in care compared to surrounding counties in, the, in, um, in other years. One of those reasons is because um, they're trying to place kids in relative placements instead of putting them in foster care. Uh, I could tell you that eight adoptions were finalized in October, so eight children found their forever home. But I want to really show you is that each one of these pairs of shoes represents a child in foster care in Tuscross County. There's 72 pairs of shoes up here. The 21 that are placed on the alders on each side these are the kids from Tuscross County that are looking for adoptive homes. So to hear the number 21 kids doesn't sound like a lot, but whenever you see each pair of shoes represents one child, that's too many. These are our cities. 
this is our county and these are our kids. We need a bigger house, babe. <laughs> Thank you, Angel, so much for sharing that with us. So Travis and I um, just wanted to share briefly, and it'll only take a minute. A year ago, we said, we don't want to just sit up here and tell you that this is something you should do and just preach at you and tell you you've got to do this. We never want to do that. We never want to get up here and tell you something that we're not doing in our very own lives. So giving and praying is something we do and something I need to do more of. There are 21 babies that need a home. We need to pray. We need to pray for every child in this county. We need to pray for every child in this world to find a home and to be safe and to be loved and taken care of. So a year ago, on Stand Sunday, we went to my sister and brother-in-law's, or my brother and sister-in-law's house anyway, <laughs> Taylor and Danny's house. And that night we were sitting on the couch talking, and I said, I don't know what God wants us to do, but I do know that this is something we're going to be doing in our future, whether it's fostering or adopting. I do know it. And she said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning, and last summer I had given them the last of our son's clothes. Um, it took me three years to divide up his clothes and give them away. And I had to wait for the Lord to release that in me to say, it's okay, you can let them go. So I gave them a bag of his clothes and the last bag that I had. And she said she washed them and she put them away like three or four times. And she said she felt like she couldn't, she couldn't wear them on Dominic. And she didn't want me to know because she didn't want to hurt my feelings, but she didn't feel like it was, they were supposed to be for him. So she took me to her basement that day and she grabbed the bag of clothes, and she said, the Lord's telling me to give them back to you, that you're supposed to have these because he's going to give you another son. And I just started weeping. So longer story short, we go for our creden my credentialing interview when I got my credentials for being a pastor here in April. And we're sitting in the interview and this is like three pastors that are in there, and everybody knows my parents. My parents are loved all over the state, so everybody knows who they are. They know who we are by proxy. Oh, you're Larry and Ruthie's kids, and yes, we are. So two of the pastors knew who we were, but one of the pastors that was in there doing my interview didn't know who I was and didn't know who he was and didn't know our story. And as we began to share, and they were asking me questions, I said, you know, um, four, three years ago, almost four, our son passed away, 38 weeks pregnant, no reason. His name's Ezekiel Christian, and that changed our lives. And that's all I said, that God just did so much in us in the grieving process and so much for us and loves us so much. And I just shared that little bit and then moved on to the answer the question. And she stopped me and she said, I need you to, I, I want to circle back to talk to you about your son. And I thought she was gonna ask me like questions about his, you know, what happened. Cause that's typically when we say that we lost a baby, that's what is asked, that's normal. And she said, this morning I was praying for the interviewees and the Lord showed me your face, Travis. And she told, he told me that 
there would be a couple that I would interview today that had lost a son. And I'm like, okay. I'm in my interview, man. This is important. And I'm starting to cry. And she said, the Lord wants me to tell you that he has chosen a son for you, that he has a baby boy already picked for you, consecrated, ready. He's going to give you another son. He's going to give you a baby boy. And I looked at her and I said, I can't have any more babies. Uh, We got that problem not problem, but we got that taken care of, and you know how that works, and it's just not going to work anymore, and, and, and I shouldn't have any more, and she said, I didn't tell you you were going to have the baby. I told you I was gonna, he was going to give you another son, and I was like, okay, all right, and that Sunday, this is the part I didn't say, but that Sunday, I was sitting rocking Eliza to get ready to put her to bed. And the bag of clothes has sat next to her rocker. I haven't put them away. Can't. But they've sat there. And that Sunday before my interview, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you want us to adopt a little boy that's two or three, or if you want us to get another little girl, we don't care. We'll do whatever you want. So I'm going to surrender those clothes to you one more time. And I'm sitting there in the interview, and he affirms once again that those baby boy clothes are going to get used. So that would be cool if that was the end, right? That would be cool. But I'm sitting in our women's Bible study, and if you're not a part of a life group, get a part of a life group because they're so good. And I'm sitting there telling our women's Bible study about what God did in the interview. And I wasn't going to say anything, but the Lord's like, tell them, tell them, tell them what I said. So I told them, and my sister-in-law, Danny, is sitting at the end of the table squirming the whole time. Like, just could not sit still. And she's not a squirmer. She's usually pretty chill and laid back. And she was just going nuts at the end of the table. And after I finished the story, I kind of hurried through it because I'm like, I want to know what's going on with her. And I looked at her and I said, what? And she said, Leslie, she said, I think it was the night before you went to your interview. I had a dream. She said, it was the most dream. It was the most real dream I've ever had. And you and Travis were in a hospital room. You weren't in the bed. You were sitting in a rocker, and you were cradling a baby boy, and you were weeping, and you were saying, this wasn't supposed to happen. I can't believe this is happening. (laughs) So once again, God confirms that we have a little guy coming. We don't know when. We don't know how. We don't know if we're supposed to foster. We don't know. We've kind of had a big year. Um... You guys have kind of witnessed it. So we knew that the Lord wasn't saying it's this year. But um, I've had a couple of dreams recently. And the Lord's speaking to me. The baby's coming. So this morning, these shoes represent our faith. And they represent that God loves every child. And he already sees the son that's going to be in our home. Sorry, I... My goal was to make you cry today. (laughs) This mama's heart knows God's restoration. And it's for every baby. And I'm praying for this little guy. I don't know when. We don't know how. I don't know the rest of the story. And I asked the Lord, should I share it? Because we haven't seen the end of the story yet. Yes, you need to share it. Okay. 
So we're going to walk in obedience, and we need you guys to pray with us, and we're just listening. We don't feel rushed. We don't feel hurried. We don't feel pressure. The Lord isn't guilting us into this. This is something we get to walk out with him with peace. And so we're just waiting on him to say, that's the right organization. That's the right situation. But I keep have always felt it's like he's going to just hand us a little guy. So we're just going to walk out in obedience. And I pray this morning that my words, our story, the stories you've heard, that you just walk out in obedience. There's no pressure. There's no big stick beating you saying you should do this. It's the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. What is my part to play? And I'm telling you, prayer for these kids is huge. Giving a dollar today, because we're going to take an offering on the way out the door, is huge. It's going to go to an organization that the reason why I'm doing this, I'm a rep for Father's Heart, and it's an awareness um, ministry out of the Assemblies of God. And we're giving a dollar to continue to raise awareness and to go back into the foster care systems for Stand Sunday. So will you do something with me? And we did this last year, and we're going to do it again. Hey, baby, it's okay. Oh. Will you stand with me? Hold on. Will you stand with me to support the family next door? Will you stand with me to encourage mommies and daddies? Will you stand with me to provide for a need? Will you invite those families into your home, provide a meal for them? Will you stand with me to invite them to church to become a part of our family? To invite them into a relationship with Jesus, most of all. Will you stand with me and pray for the broken moms and dads? Will you stand with me and pray for marriages to be restored? Will you stand with me and listen to the Holy Spirit? And if he's telling you to be a part of the foster care process, do it. Will you stand with me and if he's telling you to adopt, you will adopt? Will you stand with me and support the families that do? We welcome the families that do. One of the mamas has seven kids, and she said the hardest thing is to find a church that is okay with all of our kids coming. Come on. You are welcome here. Do you see all the children? <laughs> right? Will you stand with me and agree with our Savior, Jesus who is all about and only about and completely for healing brokenness and bringing wholeness into families. That was his father's business, so it should be our number one priority. Amen? Will you stand? Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to pray. We're just going to spend a minute in prayer, and then I'm going to let you go. And I want you to visit the tables out in the foyer. There's going to be ushers at the doors so you can give your dollar um, and just drop it in the plate. Uh, Joseph is going to be out there. He has those super cool spoons that I want all of them, but I can't use that many spoons, so I'm not going to buy all of them. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pray. Holy Spirit, we want your voice to be the loudest in our ears. Holy Spirit, we want your heart to be beating and our hearts to be beating in rhythm with yours. Holy Spirit, thank you for loving us. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for us. Thank you for saving us. 
And thank you for bringing us into such a time as this, that we get to be alive, that we get to be active, that we get to be your body, your hands and feet, like Joseph said. We get to be a funnel of blessing. We get to be a funnel of prayer. We get to be a funnel of financial provision. We get to be a funnel of love. God, I pray right now for every heart in this room, every ear that has heard your words today. I pray that we would all step into our divine purpose in this movement. And it's really, it's really your gospel. It's not a movement for, for just the children to be in a home. It's for them to know who you are, to know they are dearly loved, to know and have an encounter with you. And that is for every mom, every dad, every aunt, every uncle, every grandma, every grandpa, every boy, and every girl in this county to know who you are, to have a relationship with you. That is our calling. That is our mission. We stand with you, Jesus. Speak, give visions, give dreams, give purpose, give plans, God. Right now, in the next few days, in the next weeks, you're going to give dreams and visions and purpose and plans for families to walk out, for, for praying, for intercession. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And thank you that you see each and every one of us and that you've saved us and that you've made us whole and that you love us. And I pray right now as these beautiful daughters and sons go and walk in their identity and walk in their purpose, the kingdom will come here in Tuscarawas County. Heaven come in Jesus' name. Amen.